Before we start today's Beef Watch podcast, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for being a listener. During the month of November, the Nebraska Extension Beef Team is asking for your feedback on the podcast. What content has been most valuable to you? And what topics would you like to see discussed in the future? If you'd be willing to take a few minutes to fill out a brief survey, we'd really appreciate it. The survey can be found at beef.unl.edu, and it's located there at the top of the homepage. Thanks again for being willing to do that for us. We really appreciate your feedback, and we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. Today's Beef Watch Podcast is a producer's perspective, and I have the privilege of being joined by Jonathan Nelson, who ranches along the Colorado-Nebraska border in the Panhandle. Thanks for joining me today, Jonathan. Glad to be here. Well, Jonathan, uh, today's focus is going to be around how you utilize some technology to monitor your water systems. But before we dive into that, tell us a little more about the history of your operation, what it looks like today, and and really how you got to where you are now. Okay, well, I am the fifth generation uh, rancher and on our property, most of our property being in Logan County, Colorado. That's where the family came from on my grandma's side. Her family homesteaded there. We've been operating there as a cow-calf ever since. So we us tell about uh, what your operation looks like today or the history of it. Have you always been cow-calf? When have you calved? Uh, what do you look like today? Well, going back as far as my grandma, they were always, been, as far as I'm aware of, they've always been cow-calf. They were mainly continuous grazing. They had their... Uh, summer pasture, and then they have their winter pasture, and they just kind of went back and forth on the seasons. Moving to my dad during the drought years where my dad was kind of taking over and implementing all and doing all the work, uh, there were some pretty severe droughts. And with the uh, way of continuous grazing, he noticed that the grass was getting poorer and poorer and just more cactus was being uh, grown. And the range in a way, as my dad would say, it was, was in trouble. And so he um, started uh, looking into different strategies to improve the grass first and foremost. And if we were going to able to maintain um, the cow calf and moving forward with, uh, with that, he uh, started looking into uh, rotational grazing concepts, uh, low input concepts and, through his gaining of that knowledge, he came to where we implemented intense rotational grazing strategies, along with uh, moving our, our calving date to May and then June as well. So May, June calving is what we were doing. And we've been doing that ever since. And he developed the strategies. He developed how we were going to do it. He developed the fences. We were no longer moving our cows from summer to winter, but these cows eventually were just uh, in a intense grazing all year round. And as a result of that, uh, water was developed, fences were developed, our cows were developed in order to fit that system. And uh, now it's it's my turn, still with the cow-calf, um, taking what my dad uh, started, and I would say I'm the second generation so I grew up learning that, but the, those strategies, and now 
I'm taking those strategies and developing them more into a way that it can continue with the changing of of times, changing of the industry, changing of the weathers. And part of that is bringing in some technology, some new ways where internet can help us, as well as just developing maybe a little bit more intensity uh, on some of this, because we can with what, what we've been able to accomplish up to this point. So talk about your water system. I mean, I think one of the challenges for a lot of people when they think about a rotational grazing system, water always usually is the first limiting situation when you begin to group cattle together. Oftentimes, historically, there have been season-long pastures. We put 25, 30 cows in this pasture with the bull, put another 25 or 30 in another pasture. And when you move to more of a, a management-intensive rotational grazing system where you use multiple pastures, uh, the simplest way to do that is group cows up and move them through the pastures. But oftentimes, the water systems that have been in place historically that may have been able to provide for 25 or 30 cows. If you now group those up and you've got, you know, let's say uh, 250 cows, that water system is no longer adequate. I guess talk about what's happened with water development on the ranch and what that looks like. Okay. Going back to, so my grandma, back to the, uh, where my dad's took over, they, all their water facilities were windmills, a hundred percent windmills. And even now you could go out there and see where all the windmills were. And there was a lot and they were limiting because you can only pump so fast. One thing we did have was uh wind. So that did help. But even with that, we, it was limiting to like the 50 cows per pasture. And then you would have another 50 and another, because that's all the windmill could keep up with. So when my dad took over and started implementing the, the more intense grazing strategies, that was, the main concern is how do we facilitate water to everywhere all the time in order for us to avoid 50 head groups. And now we're consolidating and put in 250. And they developed, uh, along with a really good well guy, um, and they developed an underground pipeline system that with tanks scattered uh, strategically, um, through throughout all the acres, that was kind of what a game changer as far as um, being able to do the intense because you know, wherever we had our cows, we could run pipeline, put up a, a a tank, and there would be water, which did solve that problem of the water being the limiting factors. So I think one of the things with water, you know, if you're on a pipeline, obviously the two issues are delivery and storage, right? So if you've got a lot of pressure and you got able to deliver quite a bit of water, uh, that's fine. But you also need to either have storage there as well. And, you know, just thinking about, again, stock tanks and the amount of storage, if you've got 250 pair on a hot summer day, they can easily be consuming 25 gallons a head. That's a lot of demand. So even with a the pipeline there, uh, that still requires, in many cases, you being there daily to check the water to make sure there's not a problem or something has gone wrong. Uh, I guess, talk about what it's looked like historically for you in terms of, you know, having that kind of situation. And then recently some technology you've looked at to help you manage that. Yeah, actually just very recently with the water systems, we've always had individual waters, wells, very good wells. And we just developed tanks around that one well. It could be travel as far as seven miles in some cases 
around one well. Just recently, and I within the last couple of years, what we've done is linked all of our wells together. So that helped with the storage issue is no longer are we relying on one well, but we're relying on multiple wells. We have a lot more water running through those pipelines because we did that. Um, we have looked into storage. We have not implemented storage, but along with putting all the pipelines together, making sure we have as much water flowing through those pipelines as possible. Uh, I've also implemented cameras to be able to uh, monitor these tanks because when you have uh, about 300, 400 cows around a a tank, if something goes wrong, it doesn't take long before you have an issue. And I have, so that's where I looked into putting up cameras just so I can kind of keep an eye on the water levels, visual uh, eye on the cows and see where everything is going. So that's kind of what I've put up to, to kind of help uh, help me monitor so I, I can uh, ease of mind. And and so far, I've been nothing but happy with how they've actually really helped me out and take some stress off my off my plate there with knowing, especially in those hot summer days. And it does get pretty intense when if uh, water were, were to go down. But the cameras have caught a couple of times where I've had issues. I've been very thankful for that. So yes, just talk about before you had access to the cameras and begin using those. And I guess for our listeners, you're an area that's pretty sparsely populated. Cell phone services is present, but it's not, uh, we wouldn't say it's great cell service there. But uh, I guess just talk about before you had the cameras, you know, how frequently you're checking water, what does that look like? And, and what were some challenges with that? Actually, in the dead of winter, In the hot days of summer, I would be checking those cows at least once a day. If there was no issues, I would just leave it at that. However, when there were days where the water well, something tripped and the well wasn't, and I didn't know about it. I mean, that that one time check got all day uh, panic is what it was uh, because we had to cows don't have water. It turns into a wreck pretty quick. And so. So I was checking them just for water once a day. And then, yeah, you're right, remote. So I'm 20 miles away from tanks and even further for some. So 30 miles, I would have to travel just to go put eyeballs on on water. And we are remote. If we get in the, the valleys or we definitely do not have cell service. And so that is where we're at. So finding a, a product that was that could help us and facilitate the things that like not having cell service, that was a key and very important. Otherwise, I'd be in the same boat that I would have been in before I put the cameras up. Yeah. So let's talk about your research a little bit, trying to find, I guess, you know, a system that would work, obviously. So I guess thinking about how much of the ranch, is there no cell signal at all? Um, For my phone, I'd just say probably about 50%, maybe a little higher because... I mean, some some of those tanks are not even near a public road, and so they're they're back a few miles. And so, usually, what happens? I could get on top of a hill and get some um, service, but not all our tanks are on top of a hill, and so it's really spotty as far as if I'm going to have service there or not. So, but the cameras that I have found, and they work off of 
uh, cell towers. And that was one one thing that I was a little bit skeptical of is where we're going to have enough cell service. And I've looked into other tank uh, monitoring systems, and I was never really convinced that that their product was going to work well with our lack of, of a signal. But I kind of got onto the idea of game cameras. And after thinking, just even just thinking about it and just doing some Google research, I figured that if there's any industry that is off the beaten path where nobody wants to find anything, it's the hunting community. And I thought, well, those guys probably have it figured out the cell service because that's where the game cameras, they kind of really say, hey, these you can put these in remote locations and have no problem. And so, I mean, that kind of makes sense. So I tried, I tried a, a camera, I use barn owl cameras and I ordered two, I believe the first time and put them up there. And I was quite impressed. I started with our, with the tank that I knew I had no service, not even one bar, no service. And those cameras, how they, their antenna or whatever, however they they have their technology, it was able to receive and send signals without any problems. Now, that's not to say that sometimes that these cameras might skip a picture, or maybe I have to send a, to take a picture once or twice, but I've never been, they've always worked for me. And so that's been really valuable. So basically the, the way it's set up is the, you've got these cameras, you go mount them at the tank site, to set them up. You've got, I don't know, some kind of mounting device where you point the t- camera at the tank or at the delivery place into the tank. Is that how it's set yeah, up? Yeah. Um, with our, yes, I try, I find a post or uh, an H brace that works the best. And with uh, our intense grazing, I already have posts or H braces around the tank. I've made, I think they're about 12 feet off the ground, a pole 12 feet off the ground. And I've made it to where it, I can um, take it off that post, lay it down and take my, get my camera and put it back up. So I've developed, I've developed ways to make it accessible. So I'm not having to carry a ladder around and getting them because the one thing I have uh, found with uh, stock tanks and cows is if you put it down on the ground, like a regular old steel post or a H brace, you're looking at a whole bunch of cows and you're not seeing the water level. And so the trick was getting it up high enough and pointing down at the water so I can see the, the water. That's another advantage I found with these cameras is I see the cows too. Uh, that's something I wasn't planning on seeing or really wanted to, but if the cows come in for water at certain times, I see those cows or I even a calf that might be a little bit sick. I've been able to pick up on a, on a calf hanging out by the water when everybody else wasn't. And so the next time I went down and checked them, I was ready for that to make a, a judgment call on what that calf needed if I needed a doctorate. But, and that was just something I, that was just an added benefit that I am glad I have these cameras for. So sure. And also if say a tank is low, the cows just came in. Is it low or do I have a problem? Uh, what I do is with these cameras, I'm able to take a picture every, I think I have them taking a picture every three hours during the daytime. So I will, if I say I get a picture that's low, 
Uh, I mean, instead of panicking, I give it an hour take, and then I tell it to t- send me another picture from my phone and it does. And the water levels half the tank. Well, then I know that the cows came in and I don't have to panic, but by an hour later and it's still low, then I, I go down there and see what's going on. And most of the time it resolves itself without me having to do anything, but I'm not having to check water three, four times a day in the summertime if when I don't know if the tank is recovering fast enough or or what. So as you got it set up, how many pictures a day do you typically take then? Uh, I take three a day, um, about breakfast, lunch, and supper right before dark. And that's kind of they send they send the picture to me in my text message and I can look at it pretty quick and most of the time and Oh, it's tanks full. I'll wait for the next one. Sometimes it's kind of fun to to see about when when those cows come in for water. Then you kind of get in a routine about all right. If I need to if I need to move cows, uh, say to a different paddock, well, I know what time these cows are coming in for water, so I can kind I can kind of gauge that. And and if they're coming into water, I open up, go down there, open up the gate, and then I can watch the cows move and look at the herd that way because they're already there. And I know it because they're habitually at the same time. And those cameras have told me about two o'clock in the afternoon, a certain percentage of cows have come in and that's and maybe noon. They weren't coming in, but two, they were for whatever reason. And so I was like, well, the, if I plan my day moving those cows about two o'clock then, because that's where they are. And I can get a really good look at the cows and the calves and, and I don't have to go out and, in the pasture. I mean, it just saves me a little bit of time there. And you learn your cow, your cow herd, your tendencies of your cows then too, which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. So how many cameras do you have? Right now I have four. That is one of the problems. If you want to say problems is keeping these cameras ahead of the cows. So when I move from one tank to another, as part of the rotation, do I have time to put up a, a camera because when you're moving cows, the last thing you, last thing I've learned that I move is their mineral tubs and the cameras because you just got to get those cows moved. And if it if it was a stressful move or whatever, the last thing you want to do is go back and and make uh, p- put those cameras or move cameras around. So that's probably been the one challenge I have uh, occurred is how many cameras do I need in order to make sure that every take at every move is up and running. And right now I have four and I can do a pretty good job keeping about three cameras or one. I have one camera per group. So say I have three groups of cows and then I have an extra. So if I move, I can get a camera put up ahead of a move and then take that one down and then put it up. I would like more in a perfect world. I'd have one camera per tank just to eliminate me having to take them down, take them down and moving them with the cows. But I don't know if one per tank is necessary. I just need to develop a system where it's easy to take them down and put them back up. Cause like I said, I got to put them up 12 feet up in the air. Uh, otherwise they don't, I can't get the right angle. So that probably is the most challenging part is developing that. That's still in the works, but sure. why I found what I have done is working and quick because nobody wants to struggle taking a camera down. Then you yeah. more. So that's where I've been experimenting. So the camera has been pretty durable for you. How oh yeah. Work? Weather wise, I have had no problems with these 
cameras. Again, going back and um, the people who hunt and who use cameras, they have really dialed in. And a lot of times when they go out hunting, they're in terrain and they're in weather conditions that are not pleasant. And that's perfect because I need these cameras to work during a blizzard, during the brutal sun, rain, and they do. I guess the only thing, if there is any concern about it, and I haven't had this happen to me yet, is these cameras run off solar. I have a solar panel with them. So in the event that I had no sun for I don't know how many days and that solar wasn't able to keep up, that would be the only thing that would be a concern. But we have, that's the one thing we do have is access to sun. So, and even in the wintertime, I've, I've never had a miss as far as working off that solar. Weather-wise, I gold star, I, I would give them. We just talk about how having the cameras, what is, how's that changed your time, your time use, uh, freeing up time for you? What does that look like? In the heat of summer, I notice it, these cameras, as far as my time, my stress level too. I could wake up first thing, see a camera, oh, tank's full. I can go to bed, oh, cows have drank, tank is three quarters full and filling. There were times this summer where I that there was consistent, I would go maybe three or four days without even checking cows. I would only check them when I when they needed to move, not just for water, because these cameras showed me that the tank was doing fine, which freed up my time for projects. I, it wasn't uh, so consumed with just water and then not knowing if cows just drank or if I had a well problem, but I can just monitor it by these pictures so in the summertime and now in the winter time i can this is kind of one of the things i didn't expect as well is i could uh look at it like a day like today where it's cold those cameras would tell me that there's no ice on the tank oh i can i don't need to rush down there and chop ice i was like the tank is open they can get their water and that proves to be a huge time saver as well uh i can and stress too. I don't have to rush down there. I know that if nothing else, th their water, they can get to their water. And those cameras tell me that. And I uh, rely on these cameras for that. And it's become a part of, I just look at them and I don't even really have to think about it. And because they tell me all the information, most of the time they tell me the information I need to know, especially, and even the summer times where it's a little low, there's a reason, there's a reason why we uh, linked up two wells because I had this camera showing me that, hey, the, this tank is struggling to keep up. And then we looked at to what what do we need to do to make sure that this tank can re recharge faster. But those cameras showed me that that tank was struggling for a summer. And because oftentimes, if you didn't know, if you go and check in the evening, well, the tank's fine, but you didn't know that those cows loitered around the tank all day just to get their fill because there just wasn't enough volume coming to that tank. So that those cameras showed me, oh, it's been an all day uh, occurrence. And we just looked into what we needed to do to help out that tank system. And by doing that, it's helped multiple tank systems. So in a way that these cameras have helped me even make those uh, decisions, operational decisions to actually get me more water in certain areas in the heat of the summer 
which it beforehand it might have taken me two three years to figure that out i don't know sure so, well i can see if you're in a pasture for only three or four days yeah and and i think also just the importance of water on calf health yeah. i mean if calves can't reach water you know yes. that that becomes an issue if yeah. the cows can drink but the calves can't so being able to see that know yeah. that uh and then we also know just if a cow gets out of water it messes with her head you know yeah yeah there's nothing worse than cows without water it's and then with the intense great grazing we have this last summer with the drought i put 400 cows on that one tank that i struggled with and with the cameras helping me monitor as well as making improvements on the wells and pipelines and stuff i went i i put a part of it was an experiment early summer i struggled we did some projects end of summer with these cameras help we didn't have any problem. We fixed the issues. And so the cameras definitely were beneficial in helping that. And now uh, we don't have, we're not limited at that tank anymore. I, I have no problem putting that same amount of cows all year round. Let's talk about just the benefits to your family. I mean, obviously from an operational standpoint, a lot less of your time, but also wear and tear on equipment you know, running to check water, but right. then I guess some of the freedom that it gives you to take off for a day or two. Yeah. I was able to go to a Husker game uh, last fall and I didn't have to ask a neighbor um, to check my water. I was able to go and enjoy a, a long weekend and I did check my, my water often. Uh, and every time it was where I needed it to be. So I was able to enjoy my weekend. And so I guess for folks who are considering something like this, based on your experience, what would you encourage them to think through uh, things to consider as they look at a system? Make sure it adapts to your environment. First and foremost, when I was looking into tank monitoring systems, technology out there, as good as it is, um, may not be suitable to the harsh environments. And mainly the one, the environment that I found that I had a trouble was winter. Um, a lot of people, it makes sense to monitor your, your stock tanks um, in the summertime, but what do you do in the wintertime? And I understand a lot of people have their cows a little bit closer to home. And that's actually brought a little bit of peace of mind to my dad is being able to monitor water in the winter time. And that's, so we've been, that's something that we've wanted was something that can monitor our water all seasons, winter and summer. And so a lot of the times I, the uh, technology or the products I looked at, winter was going to be an issue. Ice, is ice going to mess up? Because a lot of the stuff is in the tanks, in the water, sensing. And I never really got answers back where, winter I was going to be able to be they were going to be successful in the winter and I really needed them to give me just the same amount of data in the winter time as I did the summertime if I was going to keep my cows in the in the rotations which is important to our operation so these cameras that was where I really enjoyed is because I I'm not uh relying on a on a number or I'm not relying on a, a depth I'm I'm actually visually seeing uh, if the tank is dry or if the tank is full. And then in the wintertime, I'm seeing how much ice I have. I'm seeing if there's 
uh, in the wintertime if it's overflowing too. And then I can go and, uh, and, and I, I, these cameras have caught a float came off. Well, then I know in the wintertime a float came off. I know what I need to do, make sure I pack my waders so I'm, I can go in there and fix the float. Sometimes it's, it catches something just as simple as that. And I, before I go out there, I can bring the right tools and have the right parts. So I'm not making an extra trip, just a simple, something as simple as a float coming off. I know this is going to be a hard question to answer, but as you think about not only the time, but just wear and tear, I mean, obviously the last year fuel prices, what kind of economic value do you think it's had for you? Well, my head math isn't that great, but I do know that I wasn't driving 30 miles every day this summer. I was driving 30 miles every fourth day, but it also freed up time so I can actually do these invest four days, three days at a time into projects where I'm not having to um, stop my day short to go check water. I can actually, from start to sundown, I'm able to finish and I don't have to go check water, which now I guess that's one of those things I really don't know how to measure either, but that's valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And being able to go home and look at my camera and go, oh, I can't go to bed. I don't have to go down there and go check water. Jonathan, anything else on this topic you think would be valuable as we point towards wrapping up? Water information is so valuable and you won't really know it until you actually try it. So and I'm glad I, I definitely tried these cameras and they're part of our operation now. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, if, if you do have an interest in talking with Jonathan, uh, just let me know. I can get you his contact information and he'd be happy to share with you how how the cameras have worked, what has worked well, what hasn't worked well, give you some perspective. So again, my contact information is on the beef.unl.edu website.